You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am Joe Horsmeyer, and with me to my right, I have... Krista Brazo. Hi, Krista. How are you today? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad that we have the computer situation worked out. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we had a little bit of a, um, a breakdown of uh, operations here. It got sweaty. Krista was on the ceiling, freaking out. <laughs> Hearts are pounding. But our guest... Who cool is, is a cucumber. N- yeah, cool as a cu- <laughs> cucumber the whole time. Who is our guest today? Jim Chapman. Jim Chapman. He was like, Krista, chill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jinx. Now you owe me a Coke. See, because I won. Anyways, um, we do have Jim here, and Krista and I are not just going to go back and forth the whole time. <laughs> so, Jim, if you wouldn't mind getting started with your Johnsonville story. Okay. Um <laughs> It's been long, a long time. Okay. Uh, he d- Ladies and gentlemen, he, he does a have a notebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pad, got to write things out. Yeah, I've been here 17 years, and I, I was trying to think exactly how many years I've done different things. So uh-huh. I started in countryside shipping. Oh, wow. um, what, if you wouldn't well, mind me asking, what year? Uh, 2001. Okay. okay. All right. Yep. Now we have a time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as, uh, and I did it for about four years, um, mm-hmm. started fixing pallets. Um, then do loading trucks and loading trucks, washing trucks out, moving trucks around the, the plants. Sure. Um, that was when it was only countryside before mm-hmm. Metasite was built. Um, and, uh, then from there I went to Copac planning, mm-hmm. did planning and, and production planning for our Copacers, um, inventory deployment, uh, for those goods. Um, did that for about seven years. And then from there I went to CPD, uh, that, and master, uh, product master data. Wow. Um, did that four years, and now I'm a GS1 specialist, which is barcodes, UPC codes, that type of thing, um, and the data that we pass to our customers electronically through the Global Data Synchronization Network. So, and that, <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, that's, that's my plug for my, my job. And also, there was a, a link letter article last month, and there's going to be the answers this one, this next month, or next uh, uh, link letter, on those answers. It was trying to get people educated about GS1. So there's my plug for that. You want to so you want to give one of the answers? Um, well, that that is one of them. The GDS. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. What does it stand for? And that's maybe GDS. I should read the article. See, this yeah. is one of those things that's going on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. Right. Super important. Like yeah. we couldn't function without it, and exactly. nobody knows anything about it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool that we get to hear. So guys, read the link letter to learn more about what Jim over here is doing. Exactly. Are you on any teams that you want to talk about? Best place to work, or are you a first responder, or anything like I that? I was, I was in best place to work, but just now with this new job, it's the first time this position's been a full time job. So oh, okay. It's like I'm learning as I go. You're oh. bonkers right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we. I mean, we had people doing it in the past, but kind of just filling in and trying to figure it out. But mm-hmm. yeah, we've we just got so many new customers that are jumping out of this. Um, they're all changing the requirements, so it's. It's getting crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the government changes rules. And changes no, sure. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so then we have to provide more data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Hey, yeah. change them up. 
Yep, make it happen. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> Keep Jim on his toes. All right, Jim, thank you very much for your on-the-clock story. Now let's get on to your off-the-clock story. Now, there are a couple things. um, By the way, I'll just give a little bit of a plug. Our friend, um, Mr. Hansen, he, uh, not Jeff, the other one, Cole. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He sent us an email. He's like, you got to talk to Jim. Jim's got a whole bunch of stuff. So there there are a handful of things here that we're going to talk about. Which one would you like to get started on? Let's go with the pig first. Let's go with the pig first. All right. So the story here is you raised a pig and then you ate the pig. They were eating the pig. Okay. All right. So let's hear <laughs> about that. Some things that probably happened in between. There. Yeah. So what 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 was your what made you want to do this? So uh, in New Holstein, there was a place that was there, and they've moved since. Uh, Grassware Organics. Um, they did pizza on the farm Friday nights. So mm-hmm. I go up there and getting to know the folks that are running the show there. And it's on their farm. And they had one of the piglets, the new pigs, bite one of his kids. And Ooh. he goes, oh, that's got to get out of here. So <gasps> jokingly, I'm talking to the, the owner, and he's cooking pizzas, and we're having a beer. And he goes, yeah, you want a pig? Take it and get it out of here. It's got to go. Take it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Free. <laughs> oh, wow. So like, oh, um, if you've got the space and yeah. the know-how. Yeah, well, didn't have the know-how so much. <laughs> well, that um, but So this episode of going up to Pete's on the farm, my wife wasn't along. <laughs> of course. Of course. Honey, we got a pig. Yeah. Honey, guess <laughs> <Surprise>! what? <laughs> that was the call on the way home. Like, so are you going to come with me next week to Pete's on the farm? She goes, well, maybe I will. I said, well, because we can pick up our pig and bring him home. Uh-huh. And then the silence. <sighs> Like, did I miss a conversation? I'm nervous for you right now, you know? Our what? I said, our pig. You know that one? Because our granddaughter was up there maybe a couple weeks earlier that playing with the pig and it was all good. And then they segregated the pig and Mm. kept them aside. Sure, sure. Um, So, yeah, sure enough, I had a dog kennel I put in the car and went up. We ate pizza and then it was time to go home and we loaded them up and took them home. Had a pig. So so how big was the pig at that point? Yeah, 25 pounds. You know, about maybe two feet long. Okay. Wow. Enough to carry and lift in the back of my yeah. jeep. Yeah. Give him a ride home. A male, yes. Yep. Okay. Male, yep. So, yep. He, uh, yeah. So it got home, kind of made, I had a space for him that was an old chicken coop. We raised chickens at one point, too. Oh, okay. Um, so I kind of converted that into a little mini pig uh, run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he stayed in there for a while. And then I built a more extravagant size, eight feet by 16 feet long pen for him to run in. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And made out of durable enough material that he couldn't push his way through because he's growing really fast. And I didn't know how fast pigs grew until I started reading about it. And um, so in five months, he went from 25 pounds to about 265. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not expected. No, not at all. Almost so. 200% there. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So he was, he's getting bigger and he's, and he's running around. Um, I bring him outside every once in a while out of his smaller pen when he was smaller and I'd use a hose and a, a tire brush and clean him up okay. and that type of thing. And he'd run around and um, he'd come when I'd call him if I had like strawberry tops or other things that, you know, pieces of pineapple. Sure. Um, so he'd come, you know, and I'd get him back into his, his pen that, that way. Um, the last time he was out running around was he chased my wife down and kind of nipped at her and <gasps> bit at her. Oh, oh no. 
that was it. Okay, he's not <laughs> yeah. coming out anymore. So that was luckily I had the bigger pen. Yeah. Bill. So the next time he came out, we kind of walked over to the big pen. He went in and he stayed there. Yeah. Okay. Chasing your wife around. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Hijinks on the farm. Yeah. Did so, you name him? Yeah. He came with a name. Finne- okay. Finnegan was Finnegan. his name. That Finnegan. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Cute. So Finnegan really had a thing again about <laughs> biting, huh? <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not me. Uh, he, he was good with me, but again, I was the one feeding him and oh, yeah. sure. you know, taking care of him, so we're all good on that. So yeah. what did you feed Finnegan. I got Fleet Farm feed. Oh, okay. And also stuff from, you know, um, we have a big garden. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had a friend that had an orchard. Mm-hmm. So he got apples, he got watermelon, he got, you know, everything we were eating, we, you know, out of, even out of our garden, um, excess stuff. Yep. Yeah. So wow. We, the hog ate well then, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Jeez. High on the hog. Well, yeah. now, Sorry. now they're high yeah. on the hog. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm I not going to lie. I thought about that. And then I was like, no, it doesn't make sense, Joe. I said it. You did it. Didn't okay, care. you're fine. Um, so <laughs> great. You raised it. And how long were you raising this pig for? Um, started, uh, boy, five months. You know, five as months. Far as five months. And the thing was is that part of the story and the reason I'm here is because I ended up butchering them myself. Uh-huh. That was the other part, raising them. But then the thought was, well get to be around September, October, he'll be big enough, and I would get him in somewhere to have him butchered at a butcher shop. Sure, sure. Not realizing that everyone else had got that same plan. <laughs> and they only take so many in sure. a oh, day and a month. Yeah. And so I you know, called around, and no one said, you know, they had time. Uh-huh. Uh, they told me, well, probably January or February. Ooh. Um, so being outside and, again, needing water, it's like I had to fi- I'd try to have to figure out how do I heat the water and keep it without sure. freezing. So it was like, okay, we got to have plan B here. And it ended up being that I had a friend that said, well, I'll help you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I and actually the guys through Grassroot Organics said they have a guy that could come and do it too. Okay. But I've heard that he's not really, doesn't do it humanely type of thing. Oh, um, okay. So it's like, all right, I'm not, I'm not going that route. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, a friend comes over and we got him some apples and got him mm-hmm. distracted and um, he used his hunting rifle. Mm-hmm, um, sure. So it was a quick... You know, he's done. done. Mm -hmm. We're not happy. Yep. Yep. So then at that point, we, again, similar to doing, uh, you know, a deer or, you know, harvest a deer. Okay. um, It was a lot of the same process. So, yeah, you like strung it up and. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And So now, is that normal process though to just, well, I guess, yeah, you didn't want to keep it throughout the winter because I'm thinking, you know, let's say it was a little bit more of a mild climate. Would you have kept it for a couple more years and then harvested it or, or yeah, how would you? what's the ideal age? Oh, I don't know. I, well, I, I've heard uh, from some of our folks here um, mm-hmm. that to, you, to get be able to get bacon out of them, they've got to be about 250 pounds. Oh, okay. So it's like, because originally I was thinking I'd go earlier, you know, yeah. and get them in because they said they could get them in. And it's like, they said, well, wait, because you won't get bacon until I get to about, about 250. You wow. got to get the bacon. So yeah, yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. Everybody, all, <laughs> you don't all my raise a pig and, and not get bacon. Yeah. It's like, you got you to gotta wait for bacon. So. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Done. Sold. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Then you, so you, you, you harvested, harvested, um, the pig and did you have enough freezer space for, for this pig or? I originally was thinking I would, but mm-hmm. because he got so much bigger, actually I went and bought a new small freezer. Wow. Yeah. So how, how much did he weigh when you guys harvested? About 265. 265. Yeah. Okay. And I think I figured probably I got nearly 200 pounds. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, there's almost all meat on a yeah. pig. Yeah. You I know? mean, there's, there's, you know, skin and other things and entrails, that type of thing. Sure, but, sure. Um, but yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of meat. meat. 
Um, Did you do head cheese? No. Okay. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I had it one Thanksgiving. uh, A cousin of mine had made it, and I was like, this is interestingly not good. You know, so, yeah. You know, first intention was to do all that kind of stuff. Uh It's like, no. Um, You know, people would say, well, what are you going to do? It's your pet. That's no. It's it's a, it's a farm animal. I mean, sure. he's not in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mm-hmm. living in the backyard in a pen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've you know took care of him, but that's about it. It's the same as when we had chickens. It's mm-hmm. you know, um, and again, even my granddaughter, we had um, I did a ham um, at okay. Easter. Yeah. And she goes, "Is this Finnegan?" You know, um, yeah. she she connects the dots. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. she understands that, and that's something that to me is important for the kids to to know mm-hmm. um, that, where your you know, food, where food comes, comes from. from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's a big awesome. push nowadays because people don't. You know? right. right. Exactly. They yeah. just take it for granted. You walk into the store and grab that thing Oof. that's prepackaged. There it is. No idea where it came from or what kind of life it had. Right. Happy food tastes good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think so too. Now, what was. Because there's always a learning opportunity somewhere. What was one of the the new things or one of the ahas that you had from raising a pig mm-hmm. to then eating the pig? Yeah, it, it's got to be the, how fast they grow. Oh, okay, you know, I mean that that they grew <laughs> that fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not not knowing that it was going to be that big that quick and. Um, yeah, and again, there's no way that him at 265, I was going to make him go where I wanted him to go. Sure, you know. So he was, and your wife definitely wasn't going to. Oh, no, 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 she was going to stay completely away. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Uh, well, then on to um, the next topic, which has to do with also eating meat. Um, oh, yeah. There was a, a group here at the tech center, or was it just Johnsonville-wide, that uh, had a barbecue team? Is that? Yeah. Um, it was pretty much tech center here. Um, okay. Got, um, right now, I, I, Jason Foss, Travis Selby, and myself are the, are the last ones remaining. Okay. Um, Bill Morgan had interest in it. Sure. He never made it to any of the events. Yeah. Um, but we've had a, a, a Dave Nicholson and Jake Sontag. Wow. Um, uh, Paul Rutledge. Um, okay. You know, we, we, we wanted to do this competition, the KCBS you know, competition. And sure. We, we did one at Appleton, um, the Masters in May, and then we did the one at Lambeau Field, which was a big one. Uh, I think that was the biggest one in the state. And mm-hmm. we competed. We didn't do well, but we didn't finish last. Sure. So sure. that was our goal, not finish last. And then you have to do brisket, pulled pork, ribs, and chicken. Mm-hmm. And the other goal we had was not to miss a turn in or not. and Because if you if you do, you get disqualified. Oh. So to not get disqualified in any category. So sure. we, we fulfilled our goals. We were planning we would to, to take higher and place higher. Um, and then what they say is get a call means that if when they're announcing winners, if you get called, it means you're getting an award or to the top, you get money. Sure. We sure. Never made that. So, but did you get a call? No. Oh, okay. no, mm-hmm. no, no call at all. I mean, oh. Lambo, I think there was 82 teams competing wow. and they give, there was 15, mm-hmm. top 15 get called. Wow. So, but we, so, what was our first year doing it? People do this as a profession. Yeah. They're sponsored right. by Kingsford and, and big companies. Yeah. Um, so and we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. It was a learning opportunity, too. Definitely. Yeah. Hmm. I just watched um, an episode of Wisconsin Foodie, and they covered a barbecue competition that happens at, at, on Washington Island in Door County, door. which was yep. a big deal. It, I learned so much just watching that. Everything that you just talked about, I think it's the same, the brisket, the ribs, the chicken, and yep. uh, what was the other one? Pulled pork. Pulled pork, yeah. It's the same, and it's it's amazing how 
just the detail and attention that goes into even the presentation, watching them put them in these containers and wiping every little bit of, you know, barbecue sauce <laughs> off and cow. placing parsley just so it was, was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that was us. Yeah. In fact, putting the parsley in the box, it, it looks like AstroTurf. Yeah. I mean, when you get done with it, that was, yeah. Wow. That was really cool. Yeah. It was yeah. eye opening. Yeah. So uh, well, are you guys planning on doing that particular one? No, that was a couple of years ago. We talked about it. Um, that you've got to ride the boat out because it's an island. It's on a, yeah, oh, you have to take yeah. a ferry. That's a commitment. There's there's you know smokers that are that are trailers. That yeah, are yeah. Huge. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't have that. We had one that Jason actually built. Sure, sure. Um, so it's logistically uh, yeah, big it's enough, a little harder. Though, um, but yeah. we had two trailers of equipment that we'd haul up. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we go and do an event. And a little teaser, um, Jason will be on, and uh, we've got him scheduled coming up here, and he's going to talk about how he built those smokers and you know a little bit more about um, the intricacies of what this competition is and or what any of them are, you know? Yep. So yeah. that'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, originally, one of my other thoughts was we talked about it. Well, what if we raised some pigs? Could we get better meat oh, um, if, yeah. if we did that? So that was another... Um, you know, reason why I wanted to try that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but thing is that meat tastes better, but not t- to the judges. I mean, judging is, they, they're getting uh, meats turned in that are really expensive. I mean, Wagyu, Wagyu beef type of thing are yeah. being used for the brisket. So it's tender to start with. So uh, we can make good tasting product for regular people, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you will. Right. But to go to a judge, in fact, um, Jason, uh, Travis, and I all are certified barbecue judges. So we did go do that thing <laughs> okay. that you have to, you know, sit through there and, and they coach you on how to, how to judge barbecue, which was, it was a cool thing, sure. you know, um, but we also wanted to do that because we wanted to know what the judges were looking for when we were going to compete. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, looking inside the other team's playbook. Yeah. Um, that's wow. a great strategy, actually. Jeez. You guys are all in. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. So what is your um, first or next um, competition this year, or are you taking a year off or something? We took off a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah as far as we all got busy, um, sure. You know, so it's it just there's so many things going on, mm-hmm. but we we talk about it. We still do it independently. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, for Plymouth Brewing's five year anniversary last weekend um, or two weeks ago, I should say, um, I smoked ninety brats. Wow. And took them in. Um, now that's something that I'm trying to promote too. Is that you can take our breakfast our our, our brats. And any of our sausages, and put them on your smoker and smoke them. Sure. Um, if I'm doing a, a pulled pork or a brisket, I mean that's you know six hours to maybe fourteen hours, up to fourteen hours of smoking. Mm-hmm. Brat takes two at the most. Wow. So I, I started calling them pitmaster treats because <laughs> as I'm feeding the fire and building the fire the whole time, I'm eating smoked brats. Yeah, I've so, never had a smoked brat. Yeah. That's, that's Foss awesome. has. Um, raved about these. Yeah. So I have yet to have one as well. But yeah. um, I've, I've served them at Appleton and at Green Bay. We mm-hmm. were kind of promoting Johnson a little bit, and we said, here, just go ahead and try. And we did some in the smoker, cut in the pieces, and walked around and let people sample them um, to try and promote Johnsonville at the same time. Wow. Um, but yeah, people are going, I can do this. Yeah, you can do it in your smoker. I never <laughs> thought of this. I never thought of this. Yeah. So yeah, they're awesome. I did chorizo also Okay. Um, for one of the, well, I'll jump into my other um, home brewing. Yeah, um, let's do it. Yeah, Sheboygan Sudsers. I'm a member of the Sheboygan Sudsers and the uh, Cinco de Mayo, or uh-huh. they ended up being that this year. Um, the, the Sheboygan Sudsers is, uh, did something at Three Sheeps. Uh, it was National Homebrew Day. Okay. And we had four or five guys brew at Three Sheeps. Well, mm. I haven't brewed for a couple of years, mm. and they've got mobile equipment they can bring in. They actually brewed right on 
premise there in inside their tap room. Wow. So people could kind of educate people and have people ask questions. So I said, well, I'll smoke some brats and some pulled pork and bring it in for you guys to, to eat while we're doing this. Yeah. And since it was Cinco de Mayo, I smoked our chorizo. <laughs> Which was awesome. So <laughs> I can just about I'm imagine trying to get that one out there too. Just if That's you guys really are doing cool. smoked meats, yeah. and just put them on the extra space. I'm over here like, oh man, we've got a firecracker, we've got <laughs> a queso now. You know, we've got yep. all these different flavors. Yeah. So smoking them with real wood smoke, mm-hmm. you got it. Ooh. Do you have any plans for Finnegan as far as the smoker goes? Um, he's been on there with we made. I made bacon and ham. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So the bacon was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I, I suppose if you're going to raise a pig, you got to have the bacon. <laughs> yep. Well, and I'm thinking most people would take that to a butcher and get the bacon made. No, you're yep. doing it yourself. Yeah. Yep. My That's really cool. Yeah. Neighbors across the street, they raise six for sale. Okay. Um, and then they also had a, a guy that I called, and he'd never called me back about getting Finnegan in because oh. um, he was just booked. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have theirs, and then they take their bacon to Meesfields, and they smoke it there, and they said they do an awesome job. But I'd put... My Finnegan bacon up against the yeah. meatballs too. It's, I mean, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm handling with Karen again. It's it's you know it'd be it'd be probably very similar, yeah. but I'm using apple wood and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's good. And stuff. you're a certified judge, yeah. So, so, uh, so I can judge. <laughs> that's it. kind of a big deal. Uh, that's well, such a cool angle. I love that you guys yeah. the judging piece. Yeah, that, that is huge. That's yeah. such a good idea. That is taking to the next level. Yeah, right there. yeah. absolutely. Um, but now let's get back into the the brewing. Um, you had alluded to you hadn't done it for a couple of years, but what what is this organization that you're a part of or, or group that you're a part of, and then how you got started there? Yep. Um, yeah, Sheboygan Sudzers, um, okay. based in Sheboygan. We meet at A Street Alehouse in the basement once a month, huh. last, last Wednesday of the month. Put a plug in for that, too. Okay, yeah. Um, it's yeah. open to anyone that come, wants to come in and sit in the meeting and listen. Um, so is this in their new thing that the, like that they built next to A Street Alehouse? They have that room next door now that they... Oh, I, I know what you mean. Yep, that's actually where they do their brewing. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah. this is actually in the basement. In I've the never basement. been in the basement they've, there, but yeah, okay. They've got a meeting room down there. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, we meet there, um, usually for about an hour and a half or so, um, talk brewing. Sometimes we'll get guest speakers to come in. We've had folks from Lake uh, Lakefront down in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Badger State. The guys come in and they'll talk beer brewing with us. Wow. Um, we've had uh, Grant from Three Sheeps come in and, and go through a um, the... Uh, Cybel Institute, there's a defect um, or defective beer type of testing you can do. And there's 23 different flavors that you can get that are off flavors. And he walked through that with us too. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's good education. Um, we do get a chance to, you know, bring in some beers you guys have, have made and test. And um, we have co- our own internal competition that we hold um, twice a year that mm-hmm. you brew. And, um, I won one of the competitions hey, once. Hey, there you go. Yeah, it was a wheat beer, a Hefeweiss, okay. which that's my favorite style of beer. So I brewed it more than I have brewed any other style. So mm-hmm. I, I figured I'd do well and ended up winning. winning. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, microbrewery and then I guess home brewing has really become popular in the last 10 years, you know, even if that long. But, um, but it really has spiked in the last couple. So... How long has this group been together? Or boy, um, twenty some years. 20, oh, okay. Twenty two, twenty three, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when did you join? Right um, out of the gates, or no? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> um, no uh, probably six or six or seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and it was a matter of I wanted to learn more about brewing um, because I wanted to be able to make good beer. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't uh, a Hefeweizen style that I enjoy, um, locally made and. The, 
it was like Pollinger and it was um, Hackershaw, Hefeweiss, mm-hmm. and those are relatively expensive. And I read more about it and thought, well, I can try this and, and do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in fact, you, you talk about the explosion, if you will, of, of microbreweries. I mean, um, again, I'm kind of advocate for that too, as far as because I, I love to drink it and I like to make it and like talking about beer. Yeah. Um, but also six years ago, or a little more than six years ago, there wasn't a brewery in the county. Mm, um, that's County. That um, is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, I know yeah. Three Sheeps is really new, yep. like well, within well, the last well, few years. No, Three Sheeps actually is, a, is the longest. They've been here six years. They oh, just had their six right year anniversary. Right at the six. Okay. Right. And yeah. Eighth Street just started brewing their They're own. They're probably two years out, maybe mm-hmm. three at the most. Okay. Um, and then Plymouth Brewing just had their fifth year anniversary in Plymouth. Yeah. And then Switchgear and Elkhart Lake is the fourth one. And they, oh, I'm thinking it was a year I think they're coming up on the one-year anniversary mm-hmm. yeah, that wow. they've been around. So now we have four brewers in, just in Sheboygan County. Yeah. Whew. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, so you, you talk, what was it, Hefeweiss, you, you Hefeweiss. say? Hefeweiss. It's a wheat, wheat beer. Okay. Where do you get your materials? Do you grow all that or? No. Okay. No. Um, actually, the um, Brewmaster Supply in Sheboygan Falls. Okay. They're, yeah. Actually, um, Tammy Cordes works at Johnsonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And her husband owns that shop. Really? No kidding. Did yep. not know that. My husband yeah. has brewed beer himself too, and that's where he got his supplies as well. Bada I know bing, there's a place in boom. Port Washington that you can go and buy. Yeah, there's um, yeah, there's quite a few Manitoba. There's mm-hmm. other ones, but these guys are local, so let's yeah. go there. Yep. And how big of a batch do you usually make? Five gallons. Five gallons. And that is that like standard? Is that pretty normal? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, usually yeah. that jug the you can big, buy. It's the, big the glass one size. Carboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What is uh? What would you have to say is the most difficult? I've got something in my mind that would be. But waiting. what is the most? Di- it's the yeah, I'm just kidding. The patience, <laughs> but uh, waiting is it for ready the. Yet? Is it ready? Yet? You know, because I've heard. Oh, what it was actually on the radio station this morning. They were talking about brewing. Oh, there's there's apartments you can buy in, or uh, rent in Milwaukee, and they allow you to brew. It's like a. a it's a gimmick. Like it, you can. It comes with an in-home brewery system. But they were saying how you could get one thing wrong, and it's like the fermenting and the smell could absolutely be. So I, I guess what is the yep. the process actually like to brew at home? Um, it, it's all kinds of different setups. Some people use a turkey cooker for the heat source. Some oh. people do it on the stove. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on what you know what you've got for a setup. Some people have got elaborate electrical systems wow. that it's all electronic. They're using like um, water heater elements. To be able to heat water and hold temperature. Okay. Um, so it depends on how much you want to spend, you mm-hmm. know, and how, and how much room and space you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's people that'll do it in a. Uh, you can do a one gallon batch. There's even you know there, uh, ingredients that you can scale down or even buy that you can make one gallon. You can just do it on your stove. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then that's just a you're just filtering the water through the the wheat or the barley that you have, and then yeah, and you can and, you can even do it's called extract where they've already gotten to that point. Okay. Where, where it's just sweet, oh. um, sweet uh, grain, okay. um, water, and at, at that point, then the sugars are in it, and you add the, the hops, which is gives flavor, and it gives um, aroma. Uh-huh. Um, depends when you add them. And then add yeast, it, and it ferments. Hmm. And then you have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for a while, you know, and then bottling it is another step to wait for, for bottle conditioning. But... If you want to really get to it quickly, like I've decided to do, um, you can put it in the kegs. And uh, you can buy old like old soda canisters. Okay. Put it in there, and then you can um, force carbonate it. You uh. put CO2 on it, and you can usually within a day or two, you can drink carbonated beer. 
Wow. And now it will change. It will condition in there too. Sure. Um, and change the character of the beer. Mm-hmm. But if you're more patient, then some of them <laughs> takes a lot longer to, to uh, get uh, like some of the barrel age and some of the older or some of the bigger beers takes longer. So will it carbonate itself after a while? Th- yeah. If you have to put a priming sugar. Oh, okay. In, yeah. All and right. then add a little bit more sugar when it's done. It ferments again in the bottle. No um, kidding. Yep. Huh. Yeah. And that's when you pop the cork, it has foam. Or you know, I have fist. friends who do this, but I literally know nothing about mm-hmm. brewing at home. So that's why I'm asking all these. Probably what seem to be ridiculous questions <laughs> to you. No. But no. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. So what has Jim, how has Jim done with his? It's been years. My husband's name is nope. Jim. <laughs> Sorry. It's been years. We were both into more of the um, nut brown type beers. Now we're both into IPAs. That's all we really oh. drink are the IPAs. Yeah. So I think he'd love to try an IPA now. But he did a nut brown that turned out really, really well. Almost like a Newcastle type, wow. type of beer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first batch was really good. The second batch just it turned out different. It wasn't as good. So mm. it's kind of how it goes. Yeah. You yeah. just don't know what you're gonna get. Oh, so, you no. know. Yeah, and and so, again, there's kits and recipes to do that. And mm-hmm. I made a nut brown that I didn't care for. Mm. Um, so then talked to Joe at Plymouth Brewing and said, Hey, when you make your coffee beer, wh- mm. you know, what do you what do you do? He goes, Well, I just get coffee, grind it, put it like a tea bag in there for a couple of days. I said, oh, all right, I'll do that. So I turned my nut brown. I bottled six bottles. Because it was for a competition. Okay. Um, turned in two of them, didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't let it condition long enough. Oh. So after about six months, I thought, oh, I should try one of those. And I did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is really good. <laughs> so, but, but I had already put it in the keg and put coffee on it, so, which was really good, too. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that patience, I wasn't patient enough. Wow. But it was a style that I never made before, but mm. did it for our Sudzers competition. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You're not going to know what you get until you taste it. Yep. That's so pretty crazy. you have yeah. to kind of just yeah. take that risk. and. Yeah. But that's the thing. Once it's bottled, you're only opening a bottle then to taste it, right? Yep. You're, mm-hmm. you, the yeah. rest, oh, it's not ready. We'll just let those sit then. Yeah, I know. I think for me, the only way I'd be patient enough is if I forgot I did it. (laughs) 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 Can it ever sit too long? Um, I think you can. I've never had that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. (laughs) It's not a common uh, problem. uh, That's a good point, especially in Wisconsin. (laughs) It's not happening. Oh, that's good. It'll change. The character will change and it'll mellow or Mm -hmm. change a little bit. So it's not like cheese where it gets sharper, it gets more mellow. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it changes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about? Anything else you wanted to touch on with no. any of the topics? I think all we right. covered them all. Yeah, I do. I go to, when I go on vacation, it's Texas because okay. they have awesome brisket. That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. um, to, to, to eat. To do is, again, it's a big investment for a big piece of meat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I've also started, I don't know if I should tell everybody about this, but um, I've started doing chuck roasts, oh. which is about three pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and shared it out with some other people. And um, in fact, and Bill Morgan. Uh, ah. I talked to him about it. It's like, hey, you can do a smaller one. And, and when we went to talk to him and, and uh, should, you know talk to him about joining the team, um, I brought some along, and he goes, this is really good. Yeah. Said, How'd you do that? I said, just like a brisket, but just smaller. So I talked to him um, a little while ago, and he said, yeah, he's doing that all the time now. Oh, wow. Because you don't have you know, 10 or 12 pounds of meat that mm-hmm. you have to try and eat. If you have yeah. an event, that's one thing. But if you've you know, yeah, just got a small group. not cheap. No. It really isn't. It's right. always toted as this inexpensive cut of meat that you just have to cook slow and low, and then you look at the price and it's like thirty dollars, and you're yeah. like, "That's well, I think not it's cheap. because it's the it's not cheap. you know <laughs> people want that for their competitions and things. Yeah. So of course yeah. there is a market for yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. and and people that are doing it at home now have learned how to do it, and it went from you're right to, from a cheap 
piece of meat that butcher shops used to try to figure out what to do with. Yeah. Up to this thing where Desirable. everyone loves it because yeah. it's so awesome when it's done. Right. Done right. Hmm. Huh. And you have mastered that. I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty proud of what I do, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it works out pretty well. That is awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, someday you're going to have to bring some in for us. Yeah. Just so I'll you know. Do that. Yeah. It's a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we tell you that? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it was in one of these emails I was yeah. sending back and forth. You signed yeah. something, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. 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 And well, Jason and I talked about that, that event too, as yeah. far as that, to see mm-hmm. about doing, again, people have never tried brats. I mean, you can do it. You can do it with your Weber grill. Um, Cole Hansen just told me this last week, and he smoked ribs. Okay. And he said, yeah, I had some brats, and I put them on the back of the grill and mm-hmm. did the same thing. And he said, yeah, they're really good. Wow. So yeah, I would my word is, word is getting out. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who've never even heard of that, so that'd be cool to have a, an on-campus event where people mm-hmm. could come out and try it. Yeah, and even someone who just doesn't know much about smoking, smoking yeah. you know, in general. So that would be fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, so I, I, if we don't have anything else, uh, if you wouldn't mind signing us out. Oh, sure. This is Jim Chapman, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful.